Courtney. Hey, Sasha. Did I ever tell you about the time I tried to start a banjo troupe? No. What happened? Well, I tried really hard to get it together, but ultimately, we lacked focus. Hey! <laughs> it's spoop hour. paranormal comedy podcast hosted by two Halloweenies. This is Sasha. This is Courtney. And considering that I am genuinely an enjoyer of folk music, I had a really hard time coming up with a joke for today. Yeah. <laughs> I love folk music. Would you music. say like, that you lacked focus? <laughs> I absolutely lacked focus. That took a lot. I, I, for a while I was trying to make what the folk work, yeah. but I couldn't figure out the setup. And I was like, I'll just start with the punchline and work I backwards. Mean, and that's not a way no, that my brain works. But so. if you want to, you still can make What the Folk Work as an episode title. That's true. We, we could just call it What the Folk. Less than we, a minute in, and we already have an episode title, folks. We're in control folks? of our... Folks? <gasps> we're in control of our destiny. I was thinking, I was like, oh, what's a band that's well known for doing folk but the i think the most well-known one is mumford and sons Mm -hmm. and one of the sons turned out to be a far right wing like shithead Mm -hmm. so i was like well i can't i'm not touching that and like you know you could argue that some hosier songs are on the border of folk but there's a taylor swift album called folklore yes and honestly okay so (laughs) I was thinking about that a lot today as I was unable to do my research. <laughs> Let me talk about being in my feelings. So the thing about Hosier, one, yeah. has recently released new music. He is featured on a song that is EDM. So he's featured on uh, an EDM song, but mm-hmm. it still counts. It's still new Hosier sure, music. So sure, sure, sure. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. I'm not usually a fan of EDM, but we're making it happen. Let's fucking go. cry in the club. <laughs> so tell it to my heart, out now. Music video just dropped last week. But... On top of that, Taylor Swift, who, honestly, I genuinely enjoyed Folklore as an album. I'm not a huge Swifty, like, I don't identify as a Swifty, but I've always, like, had a soft spot in my heart for Taylor Swift, Mm because I'm, like, early in her career, I was like, I see what you're doing, and I respect it. You know, you have a business plan, you're you're a teenage girl, and you're singing about teenage girl shit, Mm -hmm. and teenage girls love people who listen to teenage girl shit. Yeah. So, good for you. Get that paper, whatever, and so, then like some of her songs started, are very fun to analyze because she yeah. uses literary features. She does, yeah. and then starting with like <laughs> 1989, some of her songs I genuinely just like enjoy mm-hmm. from just like a personal perspective. I'm sure. like, this is just a fun song. I'm yeah. not mad at it. Let's go. And then she released Folklore, mm-hmm. and it's genuinely like a folkier album where a lot of it is just like guitar driven, like a little mm-hmm. like acoustic guitar, whatever. So genuinely, my jam. And this week, Taylor Swift, who is proving the exploitative nature of the music industry, because if it can happen to Taylor Swift, who has a kabillion dollars and all this power behind her by being a white, blonde, pretty woman, Mm -hmm. she's re-releasing all of her old albums, Mm -hmm. slowly but surely, and she just re-released Red, including a 10-minute version of one of the folkier songs Oh, nice. It all 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 comes together. to Taylor Swift. It's funny, the other day, when Red, the re-released Red dropped... One of my favorite students walks up to me while they're having, like, work time in class and goes, mm-hmm. Miss, are you a Swifty? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm actually not. I haven't really, like, I, I just, I'm not mad at Taylor Swift. I yeah. just, her mute. well, yeah, it's just like, I have, like, three bands that I listen to. Yeah. And that's it. And I'm yeah. not expanding outwards. And by the time Taylor Swift came around, I'd already found those three bands. And I was like, sorry, that's my limit. 
But I was like, yeah, I, I, I'm not mad at her. I was like, yeah. I, I see what she's doing. Like, yeah, yeah, Just, your fe- yeah, respect, it. feeling, same yeah. feelings as you. So she kind of, she kind of snuck up on me with the songs of hers that she actually likes because yeah. I'm just, I was just like, <laughs> I see what you're doing and it's fine. And then you know, it was kind of like, okay, this is, this is a pop. I'm not mad at this. I'm definitely open to Swifty. So if you yeah. have favorites, Taylor Swift songs, especially folk from oh. folklore. Oh, Sasha. Yeah. Oh. Just oh, go ahead and make me. Yeah, just go ahead and make me a playlist. I I, was, I will be open to listening to her, even though I've got the three bands I listen to. And yeah. I, at this point, it's like zero. Ba- I, ha- I have I don't listen to music a lot. You have a slot open for. Taylor I have Swift. a slot open for Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, I. Um, you have, dare I say, a blank space uh, for Taylor Swift. Yeah, I, I listen to just a lot of podcasts and audiobooks at this point. No music in my life. So, <laughs> how many people have turned off this episode because we're just exclusively talking about Taylor Swift? Probably the same person who sent us hate mail. So. The hate mail. They're like, how dare you like Taylor Swift now that she's openly been like, I'm a feminist and I'm striving towards intersectionality. Yeah. <laughs> so in terms of folklore, mm-hmm. we'll talk off the air about <laughs> songs, gateway drugs to folklore. But Also, I'm surprised you've never made me like a hosier playlist of like, here, listen to these and well, join me in my my I feelings. Think- Yes. Because I think I would like Hozier if I listened to him. Uh, you absolutely same with, would. Same with, like, Harry Styles. I like what he's doing. I just don't, haven't listened to any of his music, and our mysterious old third roommate yeah. and our one of our other friends are really into Harry Styles. Really And I'm just Styles. like, I don't even know where to begin, so. See, here's my thing with Harry Styles. I see what he's doing. Fine with it. I harbor no ill will towards him. The songs of his that I've tried, I don't enjoy. Oh, no. See, other people are turning, now other people are turning off the they're podcast. They're now mad. They're like, well, now you they're know. writing the hate mail for being like, how dare you say this about Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> and Listen. Again, I don't want to take it away from you. I went in with, like, the purest of intentions, and I was like, these people whose musical taste I respect like him, so he's probably going to be absolutely up my alley, and it just wasn't. Mm. I wanted to like it. I just yeah. didn't. But, yeah, I'll but make I like you him as a person. I, yeah. he, he's very charming. <laughs> yeah. Again, not mad at him. <laughs> harbor no ill will uh-uh. he has not snuck up on me the way taylor swift did so uh-uh. like he needs to make a folklore style album <laughs> for me to go whole hog in on harry styles <laughs> so how about this we'll do I'll, I'll make a spoop hour playlist and it's gonna be mostly hosier and then we'll have a taylor swift and, we'll, and adjacent folksy we'll kind of Patreon. music addendum i'll i'll put sandra lerke and kishibashi yes. in there yes we'll have a so good we'll, time you'll have oh, and blind you'll pilot have, yeah, sure. there we go. There's my You'll three bands. You'll have the pure Hosier playlist, <laughs> and it's just going to be all Hosier all the time. And you're going to be like, Courtney, he only has two albums. We know what songs you're going to put on there. What if I just put specifically put my particular favorite? How about that? <laughs> put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> and then we'll have an auxiliary playlist that's more mm-hmm. of a healthy mix of stuff. Yeah. So that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Where can you find us, Sasha? And who are we? Well, yeah, we've intru- we've introduced ourselves, but we did not say where you can find us. So you can find you us on Patreon. We're in the woods being sad. That's where we are. Or we're in the club being sad because Hosier participated in an EDM yeah. track. Well, okay. Wherever we are, Let me tell you, sad. though. We're not going to find you in the woods being sad because you don't go in the woods. Spiritually, I'm in the woods. Physically, no thank you. No, That's thank where you. bugs live. And murderers. So you can find us on Patreon. Let's see. <laughs> See if I can get through this. On Patreon at SpoopHour. Patreon.com slash SpoopHour. Something like that. Something like that. There's a link in the episode yeah. description. If you want to find it, you can. Props to our patrons. Y'all are the real MVPs. And we are working on some more bonus content. We were talking about doing uh, some Christmas rom-coms. Yes. Watching them yes. and talking about because them. Because I love a Christmas rom-com. Hamlet is in a Christmas rom-com. I'm so pleased that I was the one to share that with so you. So excited. Thank you for sharing that with me. I saw I, him, and now whenever I see him mentally, I refer to him as Sasha's yeah, Hamlet. He doesn't have a real so, name anymore. He's just... No, it's, he's just Sasha's, Sasha's Hamlet. Hamlet. Yeah. So he pops up, and I'm like, oh, Sasha's Hamlet. And then I realize, oh, he's like the star of this. Yeah, I'm really excited. And so I was like, I know who I'm sending this to. I'm really excited for that. So yeah, we, we've got some ideas for bonus content. So if yeah. you want so non-spooky, just us talking about other media and things and such and baking and that kind of thing go over there come come hang uh, out on patreon and we then, still got some twilight to do yeah we got some you twilight know. to do we've got other things happening so yeah stuff also things. twitter and instagram at spoop mm-hmm. hour on both yep 
And you can also email us at Spoop Hour. We do have listener mail today. Uh, you can email us at spoopour at gmail.com. Oh, that's right. At spoopour at gmail.com. You can't just say that at the part at the <laughs> you beginning can't just type of it. Spoop yeah, Spoop Hour and hit send. I don't think that will come to us. Sorry about that. One of these days it It'll be like that. So, listener mail first, or did anything spooky happen to us? Let's do listener mail, listener and mail. then I have a spooky thing that happened to me. Okay. But I want to hear listener mail. Sure. Okay, so this is a story from Araceli. Hi, Araceli. Hi, Araceli. She starts out talking about the... Uh, we did talked about the candy lady from Albuquerque in our live stream episode. And this was from yes. back in like May, right? Live stream. This was, was May, 2020. May 2020. 2020. So, yeah. Wow. 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 Lousies. But we were playing another round of beyond belief. Factor yes. Fiction, mm-hmm. And there was a rumor in Texas at the time that there was someone called the candy lady abducting children. Mm-hmm. And, I, I pointed out that, you know, there was no actual candy lady in Texas abducting children, but there is somebody in Albuquerque who goes by the candy lady yeah. and has a website. So so let's hear about this candy lady. Yay. So she, this is from, again, from Araceli. She is famous in Albuquerque for a few things. Most recently, she made the blue meth in the show Breaking Bad. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, but she is also known for her delicious candy and the best peanut butter cups I have ever had. But she is also known for the part of her shop I was not allowed in as a kid that was behind a curtain. Oh. She was very well known for her X-rated cakes and candies that she would sell for bachelor and bachelorette parties. Her very anatomically accurate sweets. I love that. I'm very... I, I have, if we ever have your bachelorette party, yes. I'm a special order you from, <laughs> from the candy lady, the candy lady some about candy dicks. Yes. <laughs> All right. Does she do orders? Araceli, email spoopbrow.com. <laughs> Will she send it to us in the U.S. Postal Service? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then she says, I have two sort of stories involving UFOs and omens. So in college, I saw a UFO one night. I was sitting on the porch looking at the stars, and I saw a boomerang-shaped plane just silently flying overhead. No sound, but it had light flashing like a regular plane would. Fast forward a few years when I was living in Roswell, New Mexico, and the same thing happened. I was outside waiting for the dogs to do their thing, and I just happened to look up, and there it was again. But this time, no lights. Just a barely visible boomerang shape silently flying (sighs) through the air. There is picture of identified and still unidentified flying objects at the UFO Museum in Roswell, and this thing was on there under still unidentified. I can't find the picture I took, but I did find a similar one online. Oh, shit. Is there a link? Can I click No, not in the text that you sent me. Damn. Yeah, Yeah, Araceli, follow up with with the picture. (laughs) I need to see it. Second story on omens. All right. My wife occasionally sees omens, and the most common is a black dog that shows up, which she always Uh says is a uh, a bad omen. I was just thinking about the grim. (laughs) The grim, Yeah. yeah. Five years ago, though, she very tragically hit a black dog coming home that came out of nowhere, and it happened Uh to be also be the night the person we will not name became president. (gasps) That is a serious omen. Do not like that. That's that's a lot of tragedy. Yeah, for what happened, but damn, what a lot of tragedy in one night. that's rough. All right, thank you, Araceli. Thank you, Araceli. Do have you seen a UFO? did you hear about the boomerang thing and go, oh, I've seen that? Do you have... Emails, poop out, gmail.com. Yeah, tell us about omens, too. Yeah. Like, bad omens. I know that, yeah, like... Yeah, bad vibes. I was talking to some of my students the other day about, you know, just, like, coming back to school and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, it's, like, still kind of weird being back, but I don't feel any weird vibes like I did at the beginning of my sophomore year. And I was like, what do you mean the beginning of your sophomore year? And they were like, well, like, and th- these are seniors, so the big... Be- their sophomore year was oh, when was school when, shut down, right? Yeah. And so, like, yeah, I don't know. I just, like, had, like, weird vibes all year. Like, something bad was going to happen. I was scared it was going to be, like, a school shooting or, like, I don't know, a bunch of kids get cancer. Like, they they were just basically, like, they, they felt like something was going to happen. They fell off. Like, something, the vibes were off at the school. Ooh. And then the whole na- world's vibes were off and we had right. a pandemic. But The world did not pass the vibe check. Right. And I was just, like... Huh. <laughs> I was like, is that your, your like, I have questions. See, <laughs> I was like, in <laughs> high school one time, I have a very clear memory mm-hmm. of this. I It was after marching band practice. I want to say it was freshman year. Mm-hmm. And I was waiting outside with my friend for my mom to pick us up. And we were talking. And all of a sudden, I just got this horrible feeling. Like, Ooh. all of the hairs on my arms stood up. Mm-hmm. And I just felt 
awful. And I was like, I don't know what it is, but I just, I have a really bad feeling all of a sudden. And then my mom pulled up and she has us get in the car. And I told my mom about the bad feeling I had. And she goes, oh, we're currently under a tornado warning. <laughs> so and Tornadoes are one of your biggest fears. One of my big fears, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. So my body is a finely tuned tornado detection <laughs> service. <laughs> so tell us about times you've gotten bad vibes. Yeah, and, tell us about you know. those bad, bad vibes. Yeah. Back when I was in Hawaii for my honeymoon, yes. we had dinner with a f- friend of my, my parents. And mm-hmm. my, my mom's friend, she's known her since high school. And we just incidentally all moved to Northern Virginia after, like, in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But she was telling me about, uh, and it's a story that my, my mom or one of her friends has, like, briefly mentioned to me before. And so she kind of, like, told it again, but to, to everyone we were eating dinner with. After my grandma passed away in 1989... Mm-hmm. My mom was went back to work and she was working for Japan Airlines at Naha Airport and this like very famous fortune teller. She was like well known in Japan as like a fortune teller or like as a mystic kind of person approached my mom who was I think like helping with some like ground staff or whatever and held my mom's hand and was like you know like everything's going to be okay. I I know something bad has happened to you but like Damn. it'll it'll be all it'll be all right and it's like my mom hadn't like said anything it was just yeah. very much like this woman could like read that my mom's vibes were off and my mom is kind of a skeptic sometimes but this is also the but woman also who's seen ghost ghosts before right and so she mm-hmm. was like yeah this woman's hmm. probably legit <laughs> yeah this is the yeah. fortune teller we need to find for you right. because all other psychics hate you yeah we need this but, one specifically to see if she gives you a good right, reading like, for once it, in your goddamn life. Are my vibes life. actually off or yes. is it just fortune tellers? You know. Did anything spooky happen to you this week? Yes. One, I discovered you can hire fortune tellers via Etsy. Yes. So eventually that will probably be some spoop hour content yeah. because I, w- I was on Etsy doing some <laughs> holiday shopping and it was like, you might enjoy searching for spiritual or specialty readings yeah. and i was like what what do they mean by specialty right. readings and i clicked on it and it's like fucking we'll read your tarot six month prediction ask for questions past life reading <laughs> twin flame reading fertility reading like everything you could possibly imagine <laughs> and all of it is very reasonably priced like 45 dollars and under so if you want to try having your palms read but you don't want to leave the house and you want to stay in your pajamas try etsy yeah I, I was, that was all very fascinating to me because you we've done a lipsology reading over we did uh, over zoom before and that was cool mm-hmm. yeah so it's interesting how like the pandemic has like forced a lot of people who do in-person type things like palmistry and other you know fortune telling or you know that kind of stuff to pivot onto online and so it's just really I I felt like oh that's that's really unique and and again they're like really affordably priced so I was like yeah why not like and a lot of them are like this will get back to you in 24 hours if you contact us Monday through Friday by this time and I'm like that's but also good good on them for having uh boundaries yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. one work-life balance and two hustle yay everybody wins So that was one thing. And then the other thing is, I know I told last time about how I got a mysterious package that was labeled Bloodhound Mysteries in the mail. Did you figure it out? Yes, it was from from my best friend. It was my belated birthday cousin. But (laughs) we did one of the mysteries and it was fine, except there's an online component Mm -hmm. and one of the websites didn't work to the point where like we had an answer that we put in and it didn't accept it. So we went into the cheat codes and we literally copy pasted the answer from the cheat codes into the site and it still didn't work. So we're like, well, fuck this, I guess. And we were still able to figure out the murderer. Frankly, we were able to figure out who the murderer was just listening to the interviews. But that's fine. (laughs) Once again, I got another mystery box in the mail. This time, though, it wasn't addressed to me. So it had our address on it. But the name of somebody that I've never seen on mail here. So, yeah, it's like not like you're getting an old resident or something. No, it's not like, you know, Joe Smith used to live here before, so sometimes we'll get mail from right, Joe yeah. Smith. This was like Carolyn Rogers yeah, or like whatever. Something you've never seen. I've never seen before. So, it, and I was like, okay, this is a big box. And so I looked at the name of the company on there, and so I contacted them to be like, hey, we just got a big box from you that we didn't order. It has this name on it. I can give you the address. What do you want us to do? Hmm. And they go, oh, that's our bad. We'll contact her and also keep the box. And I was like, 
Really? Really? So anyway, I got a special surprise box of eco-cleaning supplies because somebody put their address nice. in Nice. And it's like an extensive amount of shit. Oh, We're shit. talking like shower cleaner. Got the brand. Grove Collaborative. Oh, I know Grove. So, yeah. yeah, Grove is not sponsoring us, but they essentially sent me a big box of free shit oh, that's and like cool. including a cute ass soap dispenser and all Grove kinds of stuff. Grove is really like, nice. Yeah, and so I got a bunch of like kitchen wipes and a nice cutting board Damn. and all kinds of like wish, little dish soap holder. I wish someone would send the package to my address. <laughs> so yeah, that was the spooky thing that happened to me is the continued spookiness of things that are wow. mailed to me. So anything spooky happened to you? Other than finding out that you can get readings on it. Well, yeah, that was really funny because I was like, wow, I'm already spending so much money on fertility stuff. <laughs> may as well pay $45 well dollars pay for fertility <laughs> She has screenshots of successful customers that include, like, sonograms. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. My, mine might be, actually, I need, like, things <laughs> injected <laughs> into me. Oh. Anyway. Like crystals? No, I'm just kidding. No. Consult your doctor. But anyway, yeah, I guess, like, not super creepy, but just, like, like, haha, a student saw me in person, like, outside no. of school. Uh, you cannot be perceived yeah, outside of school. Uh, we had an early release the other day, and I took myself out to lunch after school, and I did what I always do whenever I go to establishments near my school to pick up food, which is don't look at anyone. And just yeah. beeline for the pickup counter or the, you know, cash register or whatever and, like, not make eye contact with anyone except the person who's working there, who sometimes is a person who, work, you know, like, attends my school, right? But yeah. then the next day it was, hey, sorry you- I missed class the other day. Also, did I see you yesterday <sighs> afternoon? And I was like, no. I cannot I be perceived, perceived off of school grounds. I live at school. Like, I don't have a life outside no. of here. So... Yeah. Yeah. One time I, in eighth grade, I went bathing suit shopping with my mom, uh-huh. which is always, you know, it's no, not it's fun not to shop fun. for bathing it's, suits. Yeah, not when you're a little I order pre-teen. them online yeah. now because then I don't have to deal with, like, body horror in a fucking public yep. place. But I was in the eighth grade. I was with my mom. We went to Kohl's to get a bathing suit and saw my English teacher. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I'm buying a bathing suit and I'm being perceived by my eighth grade English teacher. And then she told the story at school the next day because she was horrified that I was perceiving her because she'd done yard work all day and she went to Kohl's to treat herself to something nice. And she's like, so I'm disgusting from doing yard work all day. And then I see Courtney and I was like, well, I was freaking out because Mrs. Eighth grade English teacher saw me buying a bathing suit. Yeah, most of the so time, we're all upset. yeah. I anytime you run into someone from school, you're just upset that you ran into someone from school. Yeah, every everybody's upset, except for when it's like a fun thing. So, like, if I run into a student or a coworker at Ren Fair, I'm like, that's, that's different, crazy. You're also at Ren Fair, and you're, perce- you're perceiving things. me. At a nerd thing, but I'm perceiving you at a nerd thing, so, like, we're nerds. It's mutually assured nerdery. But, yeah, if it's, like, I'm at Target or I'm, like, I'm at Costco and I just hear, like, hey, miss, Mm -mm. and I'm, like, oh, no. Don't look at me. Don't perceive me. There was one time I was wearing, I was perceived at Costco wearing, like, very, very short shorts and, like, a crop top running errands. By no. a student and his parents, and I was like, "No!" And his parents. No, 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 no! I promise, I wear burlap That's sacks when, you when go, I teach. Sorry, you're mistaking me for uh, someone else. You have my twin sister as your teacher. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you just sell the lie when they come yeah, in. Oh, Miss, I, I thought heard... I saw you at Costco. Oh no, no you saw my, my sister. My twin she sister texted told me, right me that, after uh, that. You, you saw me at Costco. That's crazy. And then we'll just Photoshop a couple pictures where it's you standing with yeah. you. I mean, honestly, if you just get, like, have a photo of me and Kathy, you know? Yeah. There we go. Close enough. Close enough. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then you can be like, hmm, that's weird that you thought it was me. We don't look that much alike. And just make it feel really uncomfortable. Anyway, what are we talking about this week? (laughs) We're talking about folk magic. We're talking about folklore, Taylor Swift's second yeah, most so you can turn off album. this episode now if you don't like taylor swift and just go listen to folk J- yeah j- just kidding we're just delving into no, just fo- no, we're, not we're not talking about that folklore we're talking about no. folklore just we're as not, a general we're not concept swifties. we're not mad at swifties we support you we i just have you, no knowledge <laughs> yeah i have minimal knowledge because i just like passively enjoy some of her music but anyway 
So I'm going to be talking about brujeria, which mm. is something I knew nothing about because... So I'm basically going to get into a little bit of background of what the deal is with folk magic. I'm going to talk about brujeria. And then at the end, we're going to go through some steps mm. to incorporate witchery into your kitchenry. Yeah. What's what's the deal with folklore? Well, what's the deal what's with the folklore? deal with witchcraft? First of all, this all comes from Wikipedia, bustle, learnreligions.com, uncg-lis.libguides.com, teenvogue.com, llewellyn.com, vice, and spooniversity.com. Courtney doesn't endorse this or encourage this, but I do. Donate to Wikipedia. It's a free service that most of us use all the time, and people don't donate enough. So then you get the little pop-up that says, can you donate a little bit? And I'm like, I donate to you every month. So Courtney can't sign off on this, but... I can. Donate to Wikipedia. <laughs> anyway, so what's what's going on with folk magic? We could have many episodes on folk magic. We will probably revisit this because there are a ton of different kinds mm-hmm. of folk magic. It's basically, it's a kind of a catch-all term for anything that is a magical practice undertaken by regular people. So this is not to be confused with like a high or ceremonial magic where you can only practice it after years of study mm-hmm. and you have your big tome and you, 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 you're part of an elite group, all of that. This is more like common folk, you know, thus the name, folk magic. Mm-hmm. It's practiced by regular folks. For the most part, folk magic around the world is practical at heart. People who are practicing it are usually trying to address common problems within their community. So this is going to be your garden variety, warding off evil, attracting good luck, healing illness, Mm -hmm. promoting good harvests, and finding lost things. So, you know, not like the big broad like, oh, I'm going to curse the king so that he'll fall and a new empire will rise. But just, hmm, the soil seems shitty. I'm going to do a little something to make the soil suck Mm -hmm. less. So, yeah. Folk magic rituals are constantly evolving because the people who are doing them aren't operating off of a specific written document. Mm -hmm. In fact, a lot of folk magic has no written documentation or has very little. It's more practiced by word of mouth, passed down from, you know, generation to generation, things like that. Yeah, that kind of feels like, you know, we've talked about other we we haven't maybe labeled it as folk magic before but we've talked about things that are folk magic adjacent Mm -hmm. and it's like there's so many different variations from country to country or group to group of like like locale to locale of things that are like a little bit similar but it's like depends Mm -hmm. on like what family you're in or how things have kind of like shaken shaken out over yeah over the years so that's that's really cool that it's it's there's no like prescription for it Right. It's just kind of like, you know, what feels good Mm -hmm. in your heart? What did your grandma do? Right. What did her grandfather do? What did his grandmother Mm -hmm. do? So on and so forth. Common items used in folk magic really depend on region. Mm -hmm. So if if you're setting out to be like, I'm going to try folk magic, there are so many things because it's really going to depend on what region's folk magic you're practicing. Mm -hmm. So folk magic that was practiced in Appalachia is going to be different than folk magic practiced in Italy just because of what's readily available. So common things end up in the practice like plants, wood, twine, rocks, coins, nails, because these are things that people have on hand. Mm -hmm. So if you have people who don't necessarily have a ton of money, who haven't undertaken years and years of magical study, they're just going to grab what they've got Mm -hmm. and kind of make it work. So that's what we're dealing with with folk magic. Fun fact, in some cultures, the people who practice folk magic are known as the cunning folk. Yeah. So if you've ever seen reference to cunning, cunning folk. folk, this can be mm. colloquialisms for, you know, people practicing folk magic. So kind of like the old woman in the village who cures shit right. and like, you know, you go to her, she makes you a soup and then you feel mm-hmm. better. Could be an example of a cunning folk. That was cool. So that, Sorry, that just kind of reminds oh, me yeah. of like, I know Kiki's Delivery Service uses actual magic, right? Yeah. But even like her mother, who's like, run, who runs an apothecary, like in the town that Kiki's from, it seems mm-hmm. like she's she's cunning folk. <laughs> and people go to her yeah. and they're like, oh, what home remedy can I use today? You're like, can you give me medicine for today? And it's, it's some kind of witchy magic, but right. she's like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, she's the healer, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's sort of like if you've ever read Terry Pratchett's Discworld novels, mm-hmm. the way that the witches of Lanker practice their magic, that's very much an example of what would be considered cunning folk practicing folk magic. It's kind of mm-hmm. those sort of folk remedies where it's like you go to them and they're gonna like hit you with a certain batch of herbs Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden your knee's not gonna hurt anymore kind of thing 
So one example of folk magic comes from Latin America and certain parts of the Caribbean, but we'll get into why it's really, Mm -hmm. it's hard to pin down one exact location where it comes Mm -hmm. from because it's actually a mishmash. Mm -hmm. But currently it's practiced in Latin America, parts of the Caribbean. Folk magic is brujeria. And that's going to be practiced by bruja or brujo. So bruja is the female, brujo is the masculine. So the literal translation, and because we're just coming off of Halloween, you probably saw some variation of bruja because it means witch. Like if you're going to do a literal word-to-word translation, There's a brand who makes very spooky things that a lot of my friends like called backstitch bruja. And... Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just, I like never looked it up, but I was like, I'm going to assume that yeah. because all of her stuff is spooky, that this is something that is spooky. Be yeah, it's got to be witchy. Yeah, so it's, the practice has less to do, like it has less in common with things mm-hmm. like Wicca because it is a unique spiritual practice unto itself. It has a lot of roots, so it has a lot of overlap with things like Yoruba, mm-hmm. which I know we've talked yep. about in passing, particularly when we're talking about haint yes. blue and haints. Macumba, voodoo or voodoo there's a lot of overlap mm-hmm. in those things and part of that is because they kind of all like they all went into the yeah. cooking pot and then we mix something up like the word witch bruja is sort of a loaded mm-hmm. term that has that still has a decent amount of stigma attached to it even in 2021 mm-hmm. So some people practicing brujeria don't identify as bruja or brujo so be very careful when you're calling mm-hmm. someone that like mm-hmm. as with everything Ask them how they refer yeah. to themselves. Uh, contact. So don't just be like, don't just be like, oh, you're being a bruja. Because for some people, that's like, yeah. fuck off. That's not right. what I call myself. Context how matters. dare you? And for some people, they're totally fine with it. In the same way that, you know, presumably some Wiccans don't like being called right. a witch. But some are like, yeah, I'm a right. witch. Who cares? Interestingly, and this is where I messaged Sasha. And I'm like, Sasha, this is our episode that's going to air closest to American <laughs> Thanksgiving. It's all coming oh, full yeah. circle. Because as Latin America was carved up and brutalized by various colonial forces, brujeria became a way to preserve both the indigenous identity and as a form of resistance oh. against their oppressors. So this is related to Thanksgiving because what is American Thanksgiving if not a yes. colonial holiday? <laughs> if without colonization, there Mm-mm. is no American Thanksgiving. Thank you. Good night. So the folk magic practiced by native populaces and enslaved people from Africa was often used for mm-hmm. diseases in Latin America that colonizers had no treatment for. So right out the gates, the colonizers are going to be like, what right. the fuck are you doing? This is a disease that we know kills people, and you just made him fine because you, you made mm-hmm. a special tea. Like, what's going on? It was also an intention-based practice, which means that people who were practicing brujeria were exercising some degree of autonomy while they were in the process of being violently taken over. So if there's one thing an oppressor is not going to like, it's going to be you exercising autonomy. So colonizers tried to stop the practice by killing anyone who practiced any form of healing folk magic. They were like, fuck this, shut it down, killing that, Mm. that's evil. And they were trying to force people to adhere to the papal state instead because the colonizers in this particular region were largely Mm -hmm. Christian-oriented. So they were like... We don't want any of this, like, witchy nonsense. We want good old Pope stuff. The Catholic Church in particular opposed brujeria practice, denouncing it and spreading misinformation that it was a dark and or devilish practice. So the idea that there was, it was a black magic, it was, you're only going, if you're a bruja, you're Mm -hmm. absolutely cursing people and you're doing harm. You're not doing any good. You're just doing it Mm -hmm. to, like, be mean to people. Interestingly, and this is something that I really enjoyed, as Cuban-American anthropologist Ruth Behar explains, this opposition, instead of shutting down brujeria, actually brought more Hmm. people together. Because as people who were coming from Africa, indigenous people, lower class Spanish Mm -hmm. populations in Latin America, as they were kind of forced into the fringes of society, they were all in the fringes. So it's like, oh, hey, you do this, I do this. We right. should totally be friends. Like, let's get this thing going. And, you know, you know who sucks? These fucking assholes who are not right. letting us do our thing. Let's hang out. So it served to kind of strengthen the spiritual oh. connection of these people and create mm-hmm. kind of a shared practice. So basically it just, as Behar puts it, it 
brought these marginalized communities who practiced it into an interaction of people and beliefs that proved a fertile ground for the flowering of a popular magical and Hmm. religious culture. So instead of stamping it out as was the intention, they instead made it like, this is a way to throw off the shackles of our oppressors. We don't like what they're doing and they're trying to get rid of us. You're also doing something that's kind of like this thing I'm doing. Yeah, create foster community. Let's... Mm-hmm. And, and unity. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, and creates kind of a mm-hmm. new blended cultural identity that has little mm-hmm. bits of influence from all these things. People continued to practice, typically serving as healers, midwives, and food or alcohol vendors. It was also historically a way for women to preserve their autonomy mm-hmm. after marriage. And so they would practice romantic and sexual rituals in the 16th century. So 1500 brujas, you see a lot of like love spells, romance spells, sexual spells for potency and things like that. Because at that time, women, regardless of their social class, so even if you were a kazillionaire, once you got married, you basically lost all of your legal rights. So you couldn't own property, you had no say in anything, but your husband can do whatever the fuck he wants. If he wants to abuse his wife, he can. And, you know, if he wants to go off and have an affair, start another family, he can. And the woman Mm -hmm. has no legal recourse because that's the way things were in the 1500s and to an extent continued on for a long time after that. So women turned to brujeria for a modicum of control in a society that didn't respect their autonomy. And then because... In the grand tradition of anything that women and marginalized people are doing, society was like, you know what you're doing? Because we don't like it, it makes you evil. So anybody who identified as a bruja mm-hmm. practicing got labeled an evil witch, and in a lot of cases mm-hmm. they were executed, so similarly mm-hmm. to our own witch trials. And that reputation has kind of persisted to this day. You see a lot of... I found in particular there was one source that I ended up not using because... Everything else I read was, like, for the most part, people practicing brujeria aren't doing any kind of, like, cursing stuff. And obviously, you know, your mileage may vary. I'm sure there are people who do use it for ill. But there was – a lot of it is just, like, setting your Mm -hmm. intention and putting some positivity into it and trying to heal things, trying to promote some good – but the one site that I didn't end up using was like, oh, Prujeria oh, is super mm. evil and it's a dark magic and it's cursing and it's not like, you know, nothing like, nothing good mm, ever comes of it and they're just being evil and they're in the clutches of the devil and they can shapeshift and they curse people. And it's like, that's, yes, there you can curse people using folk magic like Prujeria, but that's not necessarily what people right. were or are doing with it. That's just like lingering cultural backlash from kind of yeah, the that, dominant mm, community. Mm, don't like, I don't know. That just throws me the wrong way. Yeah, but just like think about the few times I've seen Bruja mm-hmm. casually mentioned. It is as like an mm-hmm. evil witch, like, oh, rubbing her hands and cackling and plotting against mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like, that's not right. necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. Some fun facts about Brujeria. As a practice, it can trace its roots back to the Mexica people who mm-hmm. eventually became the Aztec and Maya. So when I say this is an ancient practice dating back generations, think of how far back we think of right. the Aztec and Maya people happening. These are the people who predated them. Oh. <laughs> so, like a lot of folk magic, Brujeria has evolved over the years, but its presence in the nations that were colonized means that it has absorbed pieces of European witchcraft, hoodoo, Haitian voodoo or voodoo, Santeria, and Arabic healing practices. Because again, when you bring a bunch of marginalized communities together, they're going to be like, hey, you're doing a thing like me. What do you use it for? Oh, it works for that? Cool. I'll start doing that too. So it just comes this big melting pot. Ready for something crazy? I am. There is even some Catholic-based practices in Brujeria, and it is considered not a pagan, but a Christian system of folk magic because it blends religion and spiritualism. Even though the Catholic Church early days opposed it, in the modern era, it still hasn't really, like, acknowledged it, but Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like there are elements of it that are very much influenced by Christianity and the Catholic faith. Oh, that's interesting. Brujeria has sort of the opposite conceptualization of illness than traditional Wicca would. So we've talked Mm -hmm. about Wicca before. So just kind of for a reference point. Unlike Wicca, where you see illness and you wonder if there's a spiritual cause, like a curse or general bad energy that needs to be cleansed, Mm -hmm. 
Brujas will look at a spiritual condition, like you have a bad energy about you or you feel like you're cursed, mm-hmm. and then they'll try to find if there's a physical or mental cause. So if there are toxins that you're ingesting that you need something to deal with, mm-hmm. or if you have some sort of injury that's then, you know, throwing off your vibes, that kind of thing. So kind of kind of the opposite. Gotcha. And in Wicca, you have the threefold law, which I know we've talked about, which is mm-hmm. why you have to be careful when you are using Wicca to curse people, because any action you take is going to come back to you threefold. So if you're cursing right. somebody and you're like, oh, I want them to break their leg, you have to be prepared for that to come back to you three times more. Yeah. Which is pretty good insurance. Slash yeah. Makes you think about, really like, what think, are you doing? Is yeah. this something I want to do? Right. Like, what are you putting out into the world and how will that come back to you? think of it, how it's going to return to you. So unlike Wicca, where you have that threefold law and the idea of harming none, you know, that kind Mm -hmm. of like safeguard against it, Brujeria doesn't judge magic on that kind of good magic versus bad magic, cursing Mm -hmm. versus good vibes. It's more on a scale of not justified to justified. So obviously I am not an expert by any means. So please, if you are practicing brujeria, and I'm butchering this, I'm very sorry. But based on my understanding of it, it's like there are certain times where something that you are doing could be considered like bad, but it's justified. So say Mm -hmm. historically you're you're a practicing bruja and your fucking oppressors are causing some shit, so maybe you do a little something that's just going to make their day a little bit worse. Mm -hmm. So even though Wicca would say that's going to come back to you three times worse, Brujeria's like, I'll allow this one. Mm -hmm. These guys seem like they suck. So kind of that not justified to justified skill, just a different conceptualization of how you use magic. It also pulls power from the voices of spirits summoned through rituals, divination, or trance. Mm -hmm. So you can get kind of that extra boost of power or whatever from communicating with the souls of those who have passed your ancestors, mm-hmm. you know, older generations, things like that. For some healing practices, brujas will wait for these spirits to reveal what needs to be shown and then take action accordingly. So they'll do either ritual divination or trance and the spirits will come and be like, hey, I see that you're treating so-and-so over there. Here's what you need to do. You need, you know, this, this, that, and the other thing, mm-hmm. and then it's going to clear it right up. So kind of consulting on the guidance of those who came before you gotcha. and pulling from that in your practice mm-hmm. to do what needs to be done. Much like Santeria, Brujeria often uses a combination of spells, herbs, and spirit communication to cure ills, various maladies, things like that. Okay. So again, this is where you get that big melting pot of folk magic practice. Mm-hmm. Now, We're going to think back to earlier in this episode. Mm -hmm. Remember how I said a lot of folk magic isn't written down? Yeah. Brujeria. Absolutely not written down. A lot of the times practitioners are going based off of, you know, they they come from a long line of people who have been practicing. Uh So they're going off of word of mouth passed between generations, which means that practitioners don't necessarily follow a specific set of rituals. Mm -hmm. Instead, they're more dependent on a bruja's ancestry. So the way, you know, my Mm great-grandmother did magic might be different than the way your great-grandmother did magic. Oh. So even if we both identify as brujas, Mm -hmm. we're not necessarily doing the same thing. Okay. Because, you know, maybe my grandma really liked using, you know, sage or whatever, but your grandma was more of a lavender person. So it depends on your ancestry, attitudes, and the individual perception of spirituality. So kind of like you do a vibe check within yourself. So like if something that works for another person Mm -hmm. isn't vibing with you, doesn't feel like it's working, you're not going to keep doing it. You're just going to be like, all right, I'll set that aside. And then that becomes part of your brujeria practices. You're no longer using this other thing that didn't really pay off for you. That's cool. Most modern brujas stress avoiding putting too much belief into an object or material representation of any kind of spirit. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to find examples of like, here's an example of the kind of thing brujeria would have you do for like good Mm -hmm. luck. But there isn't that because largely there's not a specific like, this rock is always going to do this Mm -hmm. thing because it very much depends on an individual person. So you don't want to put an over-reliance on that rock because so much of it is you communicating with spirit. So it's going to depend on the spirit you're communicating with, who you are as an individual. If you're trying to help a person, who Mm -hmm. that person is, whatever spirits may be following them. So instead of focusing on like this specific rock is going to fix all of my Mm -hmm. problems, you need to focus instead on the powers and messages of the spirits that are coming to you. Mm. 
rather than that kind of physical representation. Again, even though it's a very broad practice, you do see some common themes recurring. Some of that is the use of altars. So things like Dia de los Muertos. Mm -hmm. I saw one thing that was like, the use of altars there could be why altars are in brujeria. It's kind of a chicken egg scenario. It's like, what what happened first? Hard to say. It's not written down. Mm -hmm. We're doing the best we can. And then you also have communication during divination. That comes up a lot. A lot of people are trying to do divination when they're practicing yeah. worship of ancestors, honoring the earth, and cleansing. So kind of those are also common themes, though, that you'll see in other types, types of folk magic. Like we've talked about with Wicca, you know, a lot of cleansing and how that's become an appropriation with white sage and things right. like that. And obviously white sage not being a Wicca thing, but being parts of various indigenous people practice. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of thing where it's like, okay, the concept of cleansing yourself using this kind of thing yeah. is a very common recurring theme. So it's not just common to brujeria mm-hmm. in all types of folk Interesting. In the modern era, brujeria has begun to be reclaimed by those impacted by mm-hmm. colonization, even though it is still not formally endorsed mm-hmm. by the Catholic Church. They don't seem to condemn it as heavily, as far as I can see. They're more just like, we're not yeah. going to talk about this. We know you're doing it. Yeah. We're That's just- that. We have no statements. Yeah, it's just like, nope, that's mm-hmm. none of my business. Whatever. Many modern practitioners of brujeria are millennial mm-hmm. women who have embraced it as a means of empowerment and to celebrate the heritage that was stolen through European conquest and patriarchal historical narratives. Yeah, I was just, I just found an article, maybe you did too, from Cosmopolitan. It says, 10 books to help you start your brujeria journey. And that was published pretty recently too. It was last December. Yeah. Yeah, so I... The next sentence of my mm-hmm, research yeah. is, it's why you now see images of brujas practicing through things like TikTok, colloquially, uh-huh. the section of TikTok referred to as witch talk. <laughs> witch talk. <laughs> and you'll see it on other social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Basically, people are tapping into the mysticism of their heritage and incorporating it into their other creative yeah. work. So it's a way, you know, we, we've talked before about how a lot of the times colonization means that people lose touch with mm-hmm. their ancestral connection. Like, you know, I've said it myself, I'm half Mexican and we did no Mexican stuff because, you know, there was a generation down the line where it was, well, there will be no Spanish spoken in the house mm-hmm. and that's that. And so we kind of lost touch with it. Yeah. So people are kind of who have been through similar experiences within their own families are trying to reconnect. I saw people talking about it being like, this kind of table magic is the kind of thing that my mom did, that she did because her grandma did it, mm-hmm. and it went away for a little bit, but now we're bringing it back. Yeah. It's kind of like lately, th- th- sorry, this is like a little off topic, but no, the fine. I've been like really getting into Okinawan history and culture mm-hmm. because that is one that has gone away a lot because of Japanese imperialism and basically Okinawa being stuck between a lot of different places and mm-hmm. having their original culture tamped down. And one of those things that I'm really interested lately in is called hachiji. And mm-hmm. it's hand tattoos for that were done on women. And what I've been seeing a lot of like people who are getting the hand tattoos now, Okinawan people and Okinawan people in the diaspora, so like all over the Mm -hmm. world, is everyone kind of talking about wanting to have that connection back to like their original heritage and trying to learn from the limited texts that we do have that surround that and how it looks different depending on what island you're you're from. And so it's it's really cool to see like other area like all, all these different things that are rooted in some places indigenous culture being brought mm-hmm. back by contemporary people for yeah. for the hope of like re- reviving things that were taken mm-hmm. away. It's the kind of thing where like, thank you for bringing up mm-hmm. the word diaspora mm-hmm. with brujeria. You see it in a lot of Latinx cultures. Mm-hmm. You also see it in a lot of like Afro-Latinx cultures mm-hmm. or Afro-Caribbean cultures. So these are places where obviously white imperialism stamped out a lot of indigenous practice. Mm-hmm. You know, people were literally ripped from the land they came from, plopped somewhere else, and forced to do brutal backbreaking work for no compensation. Mm-hmm. And so so much was lost because of that. But brujeria is one of the things that like it persisted kind of in those shadows. So people who have that in their background people who have that as their roots can reconnect Mm -hmm. with it as a way to like feel closer to those who came before you and a way to kind of embrace that side of yourself if you are part of that diaspora experience where you kind of don't know where you fall Mm -hmm. brujeria has started to become so mainstream 
that in 2017, Beyonce herself styled herself after Ocean, who is a, a Yoruba deity mm-hmm. who often appears in Brujeria practice. Mm. So Beyonce, Queen Bey, one of the most well-known people in existence right now, has kind of dabbled in that sort of iconography. Mm-hmm. So that's where folk magic is kind of claiming the yeah. spotlight, which is really cool. It's really exciting that people are able to reconnect with their heritage mm-hmm. and like find this way to like feel close to their great, 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 great grandparents right. and things like that. But as Tatiana Morales, a bruja and tarot reader based out of New Orleans, explains, the reemergence and newfound popularity of brujeria and other kinds of folk magic is a double-edged mm-hmm. sword. As she says... Quote, ideally, we are really all brujas and brujos. My definition is honing in on your personal power and working with the energies around you to create the life that you want. So ultimately, we are all capable of that. But it's important to know that people have been doing it way before we have been doing it. And it's important to know and respect that knowledge, those people and where it came from. Brujeria is in our blood and must be activated for our empowerment and for the abolishment of the patriarchal rule. Reclaiming Brujeria is reclaiming our story and finding our voice as divine Mm. beings again. So just something to be cognizant Mm -hmm. of, you know, as you practice whatever folk magic, and we'll get into a second, connecting with your roots, but being mindful that you're not being appropriate, Mm -hmm. that you're being respectful. You're not just doing it to, like, you're just like, oh, look at me, I'm doing this thing. Like, you know, set yeah. your intention, have respect in your heart. Intention's a good word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really just, like, think about it. So, yeah, I just, I wanted to end on that quote from a practicing bruja because I really liked it. You know, the kind of idea that, yay, people are reclaiming it and getting in touch with our heritage. That's mm-hmm. really good. But don't fuck around with it because you are doing something that, is thousands of years older than you, and a lot of the people who historically have done it did not have nice, yeah. happy lives. So be mindful that, of that. That's like, a lot of like what's coming up with Hajichi too. Is like mm-hmm. it's uh, stick and poke tattoos are like really trendy right now, and so they're talking about mm-hmm. like not not just getting anyone to do your tattoo for you. Try to find yeah. another Okinawan person who is familiar with this, who has done their research, mm-hmm. who's been practicing this, who's like very, being very intentional with it. Don't just get it because it's cute. So basically, don't just hand your buddy a pen and be like, Let's right? See what it's happens. like not what. And basically, also trying to get people who like are not Okinawan, even with that, like within the diaspora, yeah. like. If, if you're another kind of Japanese, maybe you don't get this tattoo, you know, like if you're yeah. if you're literally like not Okinawan, stay away from Hajiji, you know, maybe don't. Yeah. And so yeah. just be mindful. Mind- mindful yeah. is good. So I feel like this has been a real. No, I don't episode, think so. But I'm trying to be. I, yeah, because I think it's just being, about, being yeah. realistic that it's really fun to learn about these different things. Right. But you don't yeah. want to like try to capitalize on it for like clout or. Right. And like. Hopefully in the past, I know we've tried other stuff like with Wicca and other things. Hopefully it always comes through that we do respect mm-hmm. these things, you know, like we joke around a lot. And obviously I'm a skeptic who believes in nothing, but I'm like, yeah, let's mm-hmm. give it a try. And I'm like taking it seriously. I don't want it, I don't want people to feel disrespected. Right. This was just something yeah. cool that I found. Yeah. So. And, and the fact that, you know, like I've seen the word bruja before, but wasn't sure where it came from or what was up with it. Like that's yep. cool to learn about it. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. coming back. So you know, cool. Give it a go if you feel comfortable. Do your research, but, but whatever. also like so, if you have experience with that already, or pe- yeah, it, within your family or something similar, right? Like yeah, tell us about you, it. Uh, like I I saw not just the term folk magic used, but a lot of people using the term table mm-hmm. magic. So just like you know things that your granny did at the table for good well, vibes. This conversation made me really want to go back and reread like Water for Chocolate. Because mm-hmm. there, it's magical realism, and talk it deals with like food and stuff like that. And I was just like, all this talk about like magic makes me want to go back and read that book. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm realizing now I'm like freaking out. I'm like, am I saying brujeria wrong? Is it brujeria? I don't. I'm very sorry. Spoiler alert: I was saying it wrong. Sorry for ADRing the pr- correct pronunciation of brujeria in throughout this episode. Hopefully, it wasn't too jarring. I promise I will do better next time. Thank you. You, you did say earlier, you're half Mexican. There's no Spanish. There's oh, yeah. no Spanish in your family. <laughs> like, yeah. Are you ready, because we are approaching American Thanksgiving, to find ways to incorporate some folk magic into your kitchen? I am. Tell me. This comes from Spoon University. And I know I just said, like, you know, be cognizant of the things you're doing. And this is going to kind of 
this is absolutely something you can try on your own, Mm -hmm. but you can still do so in a respectful way. Like, you can have fun, but be respectful. That's what we're trying here on Spoon Tower. Fun and respectful. Fun and respectful and making lots of jokes. Pew, pew, pew. So, step one. Get in touch with your roots. This is going to seem like this was a step I added. This was already in the article, and I was like, perfect. So the joy of folk magic is that a lot of cultures have their Mm -hmm. own version. Like, I pulled up the Wikipedia page for folk magic when I was early in my research, Mm -hmm. and it's like, in France, you have this. Dutch folk magic is called this, you know? And there's, like, there's so many. So, like, find what your cultural roots are reconnect with your ancestral culture and see if there are any practices you can bring into your kitchen witching. So for me, that would potentially be some brujeria practice. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody in my family ever did because we don't we don't know a ton mm-hmm. once we go back a couple generations. But, you know, there's Italian folk magic. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of folk magic. So, like, connect with your roots. See if there's anything that speaks to that. Yeah. So that's step one. Step two, cleanse your space. And this is both literally and spiritually. It's always a good idea when you're going to be cooking or baking. You want to start from a clean canvas mm-hmm. so you can, like, destroy your kitchen over the course of making yeah. whatever. So, like, you know, if there's dirty dishes in the sink, do your dishes. Wipe down your counters. All of that. You also have the option to burn some incense that matches your intention. And be as be cognizant, as always, if you choose to try herb cleansing. White sage and Palo Santo are closed practices, so don't appropriate. And definitely don't buy unethically sourced sage just for some kitchen whimsy. Mm-hmm. That's not what it's for. Mm-mm. Don't do it. Mm-mm. So. The Spoon University article I found suggests that you can also learn how to read smoke while you burn your incense. And I put in my notes, earmark that for a future Spoop Hour yeah. Enterprise. Because I did not know smoke reading was a thing. Yeah. But I'm an idiot who knows nothing. So, of course, I didn't know about that. But, like, there are different, like, anything with this kind of, like, spirituality, magic type mm-hmm. of thing. It's all about, like, setting your intention. And there's mm-hmm. different incenses that go with different intentions. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, use lavender for a chill intention. Stuff like that. Yeah. And then read your smoke. Who knows how to do that? There's a book about it. And I saw it. And then I was like, eh, I don't have time for this right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm very I'm very curious about that. Because, well, I, I just have, like, one kind of incense that I use. And mm-hmm. only for, like, uh, well, I, I sometimes light it for just like a nice relaxing atmosphere but most mm-hmm. of the time I'm lighting it because I'm like thinking about my my grandparents who passed yeah you can bring that into your kitchen and then boom because you, you you did step one you know mm-hmm. your roots you you are Okinawan maybe my so grand you, my obachan will help me cook <laughs> exactly so yeah. you connected with your roots and you're like obachan what you got for me mm-hmm. and then you did step two you, you start with a clean kitchen i assume i, I don't know uh, yeah business. jack cleans our kitchen for us because i'm Perfect. a big messy baby yay so <laughs> clean kitchen and you set your intention with your incense so mm-hmm. check check crushing it love it step three ready for this set your intention nice we love <laughs> set intentions I realize I am by no means an expert in any kind of magical anything. And frankly, if you have listened to the 150 or whatever hours of this podcast that exists, you know I'm not an expert in any fucking thing. I just talk a lot and (laughs) spend a couple hours reading Wikipedia. So by my understanding, a lot of folk magic, all of it, any kind of like that style of magic really just corresponds with setting your intention well. Mm-hmm. So, like, like meditation, meditation is about setting your intention. Wicca is about setting your intention. It's all It all comes back to setting your intention. Yep. So, before you cook, think about what you want to come from if you're doing a spell or if you're, if you're just cooking. Think about what you want to come from it. And so, some ideas that they gave, self-love, money, protection, relaxation. Just think about what you want to come out yeah. of it. And then just sit for a minute with that and ponder that feeling you seek. So imagine what your life is going to look like with it. So if that's you imagining your life with, like, oodles and oodles of money, just imagine, like, the security that comes with that, you know, the freedom that comes with that. Just really think about what that would look like for you. And keep this intention in mind while you undertake your cooking or baking. And be sure to also hold gratitude in your head when you think about what may be coming. So you want to acknowledge, like, if this works out, I really appreciate it. So don't just be a smug douche of, like, I'm going to make $50 billion because I'm making cupcakes. Just, like, also be like, I'm setting my intention. I'd like some prosperity. I'm very grateful for anything that comes my way, even if it's just a $5 bill that I find under the couch cushions. Mm -hmm. 
Is there a better feeling than finding a $20 bill and something that you didn't realize right. had a $20 bill in it? The other day, I got a $10, $5, gift card mm-hmm. from for Baskin-Robbins from my work. I, like, wa- walked in, and there was a envelope in my mailbox, and it was like, That's here amazing. you go. And I was like, this is great. That's great. <laughs> I, I somewhat recently... The part of my wallet that I keep cash in, I just assume I always don't have cash. Yeah. And pre-pandemic at some point, I put a 20 in there. And like a couple weeks ago, I found that 20 and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. A $20 bill. (laughs) Yeah. So hold gratitude in your heart for that feeling. Because if you set that intention, that may be how it manifests. You may not get millions of dollars, but you may find a 20 in a pair of pants before you wash them. That'd be great. Check your pants pockets. Sometimes there's a crayon in there. (laughs) Be in tune with yourself as part of setting your intention. So you mentioned that the incense you burn is always the incense you burn because it reminds you of your grandparents. Mm -hmm. If a certain music, a particular crystal, a specific candle, a particular incense feels right to you to use, Mm -hmm. do it. That could be the universe's way of saying this is the thing that's going to work for you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's what you vibe with, you know, like. What incense you're using, I may use it and be like, oh, this this doesn't work for me. This is terrible. Right. But it works for you, and that's what matters. So oh. maybe something different will work for me. I like that. So, yeah. So set your intention. That's step three. You're crushing this. You're well on your way to some quality kitchen witchery. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> step four, do your research. As crucial as intuition is, make sure you also have knowledge of history, spices and herbs, and rituals involved before you take on a spell. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of that, like, don't appropriate. This goes hand in hand with that. Just, like, Mm -hmm. be mindful and have done done some homework. Don't just charge into it being like, I saw somewhere that cinnamon is magical, so I'm just going to throw some cinnamon in here. Make sure you know what you're doing. (laughs) It's part of that setting intention. Also do your homework. Step five, embrace the basics. So one thing that I keep recurring is I'm a dummy who knows nothing. I did a couple hours of research. I'm by no means an expert. Mm -mm. It's okay to not be an expert and to try kitchen witchery. A lot of common spices used in cooking and baking have magical associations. So this ties back in with the do your research stuff. Mm -hmm. So things like citrus can help with cleansing. Spicy foods can promote protection. Mm -hmm. And sweet things can bring extra happiness or love. As you do more research, you can explore the less common herbs, but start Mm -hmm. small. You know, look what you have in your cabinet and be like, all right, I have lemon zest, cinnamon sticks, and oregano. What can I do with that? Mm -hmm. Do some homework. And then, you know, start small. You don't have to go out and buy, like, mugwort and metals. Right, like Like stuff that you're not actually going to use. Yeah, Yeah, you don't have to do that. You can just start small, and Mm -hmm. that's okay. And step five, the best and easiest step or sorry, that was already step five. This is step six, the best and easiest step. I don't know how to count. I told you, I know nothing. I'm so sorry. I'm <laughs> such a dummy. Step six is enjoy what you've made. Mm. Even if no magic occurs, you have the simple magic of enjoying the act of eating. Yeah. Spoon University suggests trying a honey, lemon, and lavender self-love cake or a soothing mm. lavender chamomile biscuit. I say if you've gone through the trouble of cooking or baking, the end step should be enjoying what you did yeah step six enjoy what you've done yeah so i like that because i I have a hard time sometimes with like i stress out so much about well okay i like oscillate between being really stressed out about cooking and not Mm -hmm. having fun with it and then like doing my best and having fun with it and basically not being able to like be one way or the other all the time Mm -hmm. and then if i if something starts going wrong when i'm cooking Mm-hmm. And then I just get, like, extreme, like, down on myself. And so when I'm, like, start eating it with Jack, I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, mm, you know. And it's like, no, no. Like, no. Jack is happily you eating it. With your hands. I made it with my hands. Like, That's baller. Yeah. So just, like, being happy with, like, I tried mm-hmm. something. And maybe it didn't work out this time. But now I know what I can do next time. And yeah. I can grow and eat and not have low blood sugar and you know yeah. not be cramp- you know, cranky your your body will continue going on mm-hmm. your brain will be held in the meat sack that you call your own oh yeah because you made food like i i'm very hard on myself when i bake i'm not good at making things look pretty i i always say it's because my intention when i bake stuff is to make it taste good not make it look good right but honestly i am such a perfectionist that i want it to look good too and the reason why i don't do a lot of cake baking and things like that is because 
I am just, I am simply not good at making a cake look beautiful. Mm -hmm. So when I make a cake and I try to smooth it out, I will always see the imperfections in the frosting. I'll always see the divots I couldn't fill and the stupid rough edges that Mm -hmm. I couldn't get in the one naked spot on the corner that I couldn't fill in properly. And I have to remind myself and be reminded by the people I bake for that it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm by no means a trained pastry chef. I took one Wilton class with you one time. <laughs> and it's okay that I'm not, like, putting out, like, Cake Wars level, right. super intense. This cake looks like a ring box. Like, that's not no. that's not what I do. Mm-mm. And that's okay. Because I made a cake, and it's good. Yeah. Your shit's tasty. Thank you. You always make really tasty stuff. And it's like... Thank you. Yeah, it doesn't have to be pretty. It's okay it tastes good. And, and it's it's the, the thought that counts. Are you ready for me to tie this all back together? Holy yes. shit, I just remember. A band called Slow Club has a song called It Doesn't Always Have to Be Beautiful, and they're a folk band. Oh, there we go. It just has to taste so, good. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no pressure. No, no. It, do- it doesn't always have to be beautiful. Yeah. It's okay. You tried. It doesn't always have That's to taste good. good either. You tried. Yeah. You had love in your heart. You had respect in your intention. You did your best. Yeah. Gold stars for you. So whether you're practicing folk magic or you're celebrating American Thanksgiving and you volunteered to make the pie. Oh, yeah. You're trying and we're proud of you. Whatever you're doing, do it with respect and love and gratitude. With that, I'm going to cook dinner. Yeah. All this talk of food, I'm quite yeah, hungry I'm now. Like, so let's go. I'm going to do go. my best. I'm going to set an intention that I am putting love into my dinner. At the end of it, you're going to yeah. be fed. I'm going to be fed. Gold star. It's going to be great. Yeah. So... Happy American Thanksgiving if you're celebrating. Mm-hmm. If not, happy, I mean, Thanksgiving. American Thanksgiving is next week. Yeah. Canadian Thanksgiving happy already happens. Happy early American Thanksgiving. Yeah. Happy whatever is going on with you. If you, you know, good vibes. If you are getting together with family or friends this Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, find out if anyone has any spooky stories and Ooh, then yes. tell us those spooky stories. Step one, be safe. Make sure you're traveling responsibly. You're being responsible pandemic is sadly is not over yet but do your best step two get in touch with your roots (laughs) step two ask if anybody's seen a ghost yeah (laughs) so step one be safe and have fun step two if they've seen a ghost legally you have to send us the story they tell you (laughs) so take care good yeah take care we love you set your good intentions and ask yourself what the folk what the folk even though we live abroad As women of Indian origin, we have a common thread that binds us together because of our strong cultural background. NRI Women is a platform for women to share their stories and experiences on various topics. Our podcast is about inspiring NRI women and their amazing stories. Some of the stories we've covered include growing up in a joint family in India, adopting a child as a single woman, and rebuilding one's life after the loss of a child. Take a listen. We hope you'll be inspired or learn something new. I'm Bettina. And I'm Lenora. And we're the voices behind NRI Woman Podcast. We're all heart. Just look for NRI Woman wherever you get your podcasts or find us at nriwoman.com. New episodes come out every Monday. Make sure you subscribe.